Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 5, Episode 5, as preseason is officially done. The New York Rangers will have to wait a little bit longer than everybody else to uh, start their season, but uh, a couple you know, exciting things within the Rangers roster I think some Ranger fans are excited about, and yeah, other than that, we have to patiently sit you know, and wait as the New York Ranger season starts. So, as always, Andy, I have to ask you, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. I've been clamoring for some actual fall weather, and we finally got it on the this Sunday as we record this. It was nice and brisk out. I was walking around with uh, my wife with a coffee in hand and a hoodie on, and it was nice because it's either been uh, summer recently or mm-hmm. it's been pouring. So it will be 70 degrees, but the humidity would be so high, I'd be sweating anyway and, and gross. So it was just nice to get a legit fall day because as we know, and literally we should probably just change this to a podcast where I just rant about the weather because it's all I ever do. But um, uh, it, yeah, it just, it seems like there's only two seasons anymore. It's, it's, you have summer and you have winter. So it's nice to actually have uh, some fall weather. So I'm all, I'm all about it. Yeah. And, and the fact that, you know, it, it just, it comes at the perfect time, you know, the preseason is done, you know, the NHL season is literally right around the corner, just a few days away. And, you know, I, I think everyone associates, you know, the start of the season with the colder weather. I mean, we can't have, you know, the Stanley cup final, if you want to have a 80 degree day, that's fine, but come on, it's October. Now summer's over. It's hockey season. We got to start you know, we got to start the fall weather. You got to start, you know, Halloween, the pumpkin pick and everything. It all happens at once. The, you know, pumpkin mocha latte, whatever Andy was drinking today. And uh, yeah, no, we have to wait till Thursday, though, Andy, for this uh, season to start. Uh, but, you know, nonetheless, I'm pumped. I know you are, too. Uh, so let's start off the podcast, I think, with talking about the most positive thing I think to come out of the preseason Uh, and one of the more positive things that I think has happened as a New York Ranger fan in a while in terms of uh, rookie development, so to speak, is uh, Will Cooley making the New York Rangers starting roster. Yeah, man. Um, Obviously, I thought it was a bit of a long shot, not so much that he would see time on the Rangers this year, but the fact that he would make the team out of camp just for you know, the, the fact that they would have to put some important uh, players on waivers, you know, like uh, Brodzinski um, in order to send them down to hold that spot for him for, for Cooley or, or Othman if either had made it. But um, yeah, I mean, he just was, I mean, he was voted uh, the most impressive rookie by the 
beat writers during camp. And uh, just, yeah, he was literally impactful in every single game he played in, and he didn't look bad in a single game. And I think the most surprising thing to me was that he was able to make plays. Obviously, he wasn't like eye-popping level plays, but he just always seemed to be in the right spot, and he made good passes, and he was always on the right side of the puck, and he kept it simple but effective. You know what I mean? Every thing he and he you know he, he actually has better hands than i thought i knew he had he had like a little bit of skill but i think the question was would he have the poise to make those plays when the action was ramped up and uh yeah he actually showed me he had, maybe has a little bit more upside than i had initially thought so and that's on me though so kudos to will cooley for making the team and making um the coaching <laughs> staff's choice pretty difficult or you know what i mean but uh he did it he persevered and like you said it's just refreshing to have a rangers rookie uh surprise you you know what i mean in a, in a positive way and basically force the issue for once yeah I, I and to be honest with you i can't really think of another player that has kind of pulled this off especially given the new york rangers roster and the depth that we had and the off season we had signing guys like you know uh pitlick and um you know all, like you know we kind of solidified our roster in the off season and this kid comes along and plays himself into it finally you know usually it's the opposite way where a lot of these players are like oh god you know you know you know, is anyone going to take a step in the right direction, you know, between uh, Kraftsoff and Leas Anderson, you know, in the recent history. So it's nice to get, you know, the opposite once in a while where, a, a, you know, a guy like Cooley who, you know, on paper, if you look at his size and his stature, you know, certainly has the, the size to play in this league. And, you know, when he puts it all together and is smart uh, with his play, it really, you know, makes a world of difference. And, you know, but the one question I wanted to ask you, you know, Andy, is that obviously, you know, Cooley didn't, you know, have much playing time last year. Obviously, you know, it was under Gallant. But how much, you know, do you think it is with, you know, you know, Laviolette coaching him? Do you think it's playing a factor into him, you know, making the lineup? Because if you talk about a coach that with X's and O's, you didn't have that last year. So these raw players kind of remained raw. And, you know, now that LaViolette, you know, gets to coach a few of them, you know, it's nice to you know that these guys, you know, they're not really influenced, you know, from last year to this year. There's, you know, there's, you know, the, the clay is still soft to mold. So, you know, well, not to ramble yeah. on, but no, no, but that's a good point. And I think, you know, we kind of spoke about it a little bit on the last podcast, but I think the fact that uh, most of Laviolette's coaching staff is made up of younger, uh, younger coaches. I mean, uh, today are uh, our beat writers reporting that, you know, the Rangers, since they basically have until, you know, uh, the 10th for, you know, to practice and they've been taking long practices with good pace and really working on the detail stuff. They didn't really get a chance to work on during the preseason just stick position and uh, defensive responsibilities and regroups and all this stuff. Cause we know that uh, Laviolette system is a little bit more involved. So it wasn't always, it was always going to be a little bit uh, more difficult for the team to pick up than say Gallant 
you know what I mean? Or even Elaine or David Quinn or Elaine Vigneault who are more habits or like, oh, we're going to stretch the ice type stuff. You know what I mean? This is uh, say what you will about Laviolette, but he is a detail oriented coach. But the good thing is his staff this time around is much younger um, and they're mostly players like Michael Pekka and, um, you know, former players like Michael Pekka. And then you have uh, uh, Dan Muse and Christian Yamura, their new uh, skills coach. And that are that basically they're fresh off of tenures just working with younger players, you know, at the collegiate, at the USHL, uh, at the just and even at just the yeah in in like major junior you know what i mean so i mean i think having that and i think uh, molly reported that after practice that literally coolly stayed on for an hour after extremely a practice that was already extremely long working with uh, uh christian Yamura, the the skills coach so and that's the thing is that afterwards the players can these coaches can advocate for the young players to you know, to Laviolette, they can say, ah, you know, I've been working with, even if it's just an offhanded comment, he can say, oh, I worked with cools for an hour after practice and we were doing this. And, you know, this kid, he's really working on this or whatever. You know what I mean? And that sticks in Laviolette's head, I'm sure. You know what I mean? Or if it's like they go to an assistant and they're like, hey, I just, one of the other players is just like, I don't, you know, I'm having a hard time. I'm on the wrong side of the puck or or Lavi's telling me this, but I feel like this, like, how do I, I feel like I'm handcuffing myself or whatever. You know what I mean? I just think having a much, the line of communication seems a bit more open as than it did with Gallant, who was just kind of let the boys do what they want to do as long as they kind of followed his, uh, his edicts, even though he was a player's coach, he was also kind of hands off and his, you know, his assistants who he's had forever. I, I, it's, I don't think it's the same, you know what I mean? So I think, to that point, it benefits the younger players that, and yeah. And to your point, I think it was also clearly, it was an edict by Drury to the future is now because basically we have to be, because you know, his patience was wearing so thin with the, the vets who have failed to get it done. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I think it's kind of uh, twofold in that regard, but, um, yeah, I think it's clearly as far as Cooley is concerned, I just think having uh, a player, he, that Laviolette and his, his assistants can put their stamp on like a fresh palette is honestly a lot more. Uh, yeah. I think it's a lot, uh, maybe a little bit more valuable to them. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know, I, I saw that, you know, same report that, you know, him, him and Heedle have been staying out a little bit later working on some things. And, you know, that's obviously great to hear. Uh, but you know, ov- overall, I just think, you know, if you if you watch his play during the preseason, um, you know he he's clearly a kid that you know is is making not only mentally the right decisions but you know physically is clearly capable of playing in this league. Uh, the only thing you know I worry about is you know fatigue. You know he's not used to an NHL schedule. The grind of the season is uh, unlike anything that he's ever experienced, and you know it's nice to you know, have a, you know, a coaching staff and a head coach that hopefully is open to the fact that, you know, the real or open to the realization that this kid may, you know, although he might have a good camp and he might have a, a nice first month, 
expect the dip, expect, you know, fatigue, expect, uh, the mental grind to get to him, expect, you know, you know, him when he's getting shuffled up and down the lineup to, you know, kind of feel lost and where he belongs and what he actually means to the team. And, or if he gets sent, you know, sent down for, you know, a stint just to get him more ice time. It's like, I hope that that part is getting discussed with him too, that, you know, it's not always what you're doing just because, you know, you're not getting, you know, the ice time you thought you were going to get. And, you know, you're not playing on the line that you thought you were going to be playing on. You know, it's not always about you and that, you know, you're, it doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. It's just that, you know, look at our team. You know, we have a lot of veterans here. We have a lot of good players here. And although we appreciate you, you know, busting your ass and working hard, um, you know, you still have a lot of growing to do. And I hope that line of communication remains open because, you know, it is hard. It, it's hard for rookies. You know, it's not every not every player can be Jack Hughes who, you know, essentially steps in and becomes, you know, one of the most gifted players in the league or a, you know, Connor Bedard where, you know, all of a sudden he gets to the NHL level and it actually looks easier than it did at the level below, you know, just ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, again, Andy, I just hope that over the next season, couple seasons, you know, his ELC, uh, that he develops in a positive direction instead of a negative one, like some of the players we had in the past. Um, another player I wanted to bring up is, you know, Zachary Jones, you know, I don't know. I don't, obviously he's not going to be in the top six. Um, he's going to be our, you know, the odd man out and, and he'll probably get some playing time just given, you know, the style of which, you know, Ryan Lindgren plays, you know, Truba plays, you know, Fox doesn't need to play every single night. Um, you know, it, it just, I hope they work him in here. But, you know, one of the main questions I wanted to ask you about him is, do you think that he remains a New York Ranger through this season? You know, I, yeah, it's, it's tough, man. Cause I thought he, he actually quitted himself quite nicely in, in the preseason. But, um, uh, I mean, the good news is that he is basically in the past, the Rangers set for the past, what, how many years the seventh defenseman has been a, a, a Harper type, right? Yeah. Like a, 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 a tall meat and potatoes, whatever glorified, uh, you know, uh, he can survive minutes type of player and be physical. But, you know, Jones is right now. He's the opposite of that as long as he's on the team. But again, it's to your point. It's like, is he long for this roster? Are the Rangers going to try to move him? to recoup some assets of some sort if they're not going, if he's just not in their long-term plans. But at at the end of the day, though, we also don't know if they look at this roster and say, you know, there may be a spot does open up for him. Maybe with their cap implications, they cannot keep all the defensemen they currently have. You know what I mean? So maybe they do figure they're going to have to move on from Gustafson at some point, or this might be his only season with the Rangers or, you know, or held, you know, who knows, who knows, maybe, um, you know, he can, uh, maybe Ryan Lindgren's not long for this roster. We don't know. You know what I mean? So on the left side. So, um, yeah, it's tough. It's, it's obviously I think under different circumstances, uh, he would be on an NHL squad, albeit sheltered, but, I, I do have to say Gustafson is clearly, I, I think, the the wiser choice at this point just because he has looked very good in the preseason. He was great for um, Laviolette 
uh, last year in Washington. And uh, yeah, he can move. He all too can move a puck. You know what I mean? So it's not like he's a totally different player from Jones. It's just he's a little bit more seasoned. You know what I mean? Probably, uh, you know, I think Jones has clearly looked a lot more comfortable in terms of defending his own end. But it's all, you know, as he remains his size and his frame, more so his frame, not so much his height that he is now. It's defending is going to be an issue for him. You know what I mean? So. But we know Zach Jones can move a puck, and he definitely, I definitely have seen enough to know that he's an NHLer in the future. It's just, uh, it might not be today, you know? The NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. Get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK. In Connecticut, help is available for a problem gambling by calling 888-789-7777 or visiting ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Licensee partner Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It, it really all depends, I think, where the Rangers are. Um, you know, if, if they're struggling and let's just say, heaven forbid, Lindgren gets hurt for and he's going to be out a few weeks, it's like there's nothing you can do. You need Jones. Like he, he needs to be there. Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty interesting. You know, I'm looking at actually cat friendly right now. Uh, Ryan Lindgren, this is his last year of the contract makes 3 million. You know, I I don't know if he has a down year and he's struggling, you know, I know he's a fan favorite, but you know, he, he could be moved. I could see, you know, a guy like Ryan Lindgren being moved to open up some cap space, bring, you know, Zachary Jones in. And then, uh, you know, you open up some cap space to maybe sign, uh, another veteran, um, you know, Patrick Kane, but that, you know, obviously that's for a much later discussion. And, uh, yeah, again, Andy, I, you, you know, you look at this roster, um, we can go through the line combinations. Uh, I'm sure every, you know, Ranger fan has kind of looked at this, you know, you, you know, Kreider, Mika, um, and, and Kako, I'm assuming the season will start off with, you know, Heedle centering uh Panarin and Lafreniere and then you know Vinny Trocek Cooley and and the Wheeler line that everyone you know is gun ho about and then you have Nick Benino uh Barclay Goodrow and Jimmy VC uh as the fourth line uh what are your thoughts on the forwards and just depth wise bottom six top six you know what are your feelings um I have a few different feelings I mean I'm, I'm very happy with at least the defensive presence that signing guys like Benino and Pitlick bring to this team. Um, I did see today that Jimmy VC was skating as the extra forward, which I don't know okay. if I like that because 
he's been a good defensive winger for the Rangers. And he was great last year in that role. So I, I don't know if there's much. I mean, if listen, if I had my druthers, no offense, I understand why the Rangers value him so highly. But it's like uh, Barkley Goodrow would be at this point in his career would probably be this or or maybe even less offensive than that would would Pitlick would be the extra forward. You know what I mean? If right. it, that's if it's about VC playing on the wing, because I'm sure VC would play on the other side if you asked him to. The, the only I think thing he has. Yeah, he sorry, has. Well, the my only thing with Goudreau is that you can pop him up as a center. And, yeah. You know, and heaven forbid Mika or Heedle or Trocek, one of those guys go down, even Benino. You know, you still have, you know, four, you know, you're playing basically your roster with five centers, one be playing the left wing, uh, which is not the worst thing in the world. So I, yeah. I kind of understand why Goudreau, and, you know, if he's making the money that he's making, he should. He yeah. should be able to be in this lineup. Yeah. Like, well, then I, I think Pitlick should probably have been the extra forward. But again, I I don't think Gallant, or excuse me, uh, I don't think Labulette has the. Um, and I, this might not be. That might just be this practice. That's not to say this. That's just gonna that's how it's gonna shake out. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah. And also, we do know there will be injuries, so it's not like Jimmy VC will not see playing time this season. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that's the one thing. But I also think it's not, and that's not even an indictment on like Pitlick or Benino. You know what I mean? It's, it's, I think we understand that they're not going to be, have the output offensively that they had in the past for some other teams, but they're good defensive players, even in the, at this point in their careers. And, you know, they, br they both bring good skill, like, you know, good depth to this team. So it's, uh, I do think VC ha offers a little bit more in that regard, maybe. And he's just, I think he's got some extra intangibles in certain terms of his size and his, uh, his skating speed that this team kind of sorely lacks. But that being said, um, yeah, it's kind of a, it's a, it's a nitpicky thing, not so much a big philosophical thing. And I think it just speaks to uh, the strength of the off season additions that Chris Drury brought in from essentially the, the, uh, the bargain bin. Um, and I think just to expound on that, that w we had some new look lines at practice and they've started to kind of remain solidified. And this is probably, especially with some injuries to Heedle and Lafreniere who are now skating in non-contact jerseys. But um, yeah, the lines today we have uh Kreider, Zabaja, Kako is a thing now it seems as it should be. Uh, you know, I thought Kako and, he looked good on the first line in his few preseason games. He's looked like he at least has added a little bit more to his game. So totally get it. He's getting the chance there. Uh, Panarin, Heedle, Cooley, which is interesting. You know, I don't talk about, you know, out of the frying pan and, you know, into the fire, right? You know, Cooley just makes the team. And they're like, you know, we're going to try him with Panarin. <laughs> you know, but it could work. I mean, Panarin, I, I, if you think so about I, it. Yeah, go ahead. You first. Well, uh, yeah, and I don't want to cut you off. And you can call me crazy. And I Lafreniere is clearly hurt. Yeah. I mean, he was hurt a couple of days ago. I just feel like, you know, maybe they want, you know, to push the pace and, you know, have Will Cooley, you know, playing the right side just so that line is not slowed down by a Lafreniere who might be nursing an injury. That's all I took from that. Uh, if you know something more, 
whether or not like Laviolette said something about Ooh. that line, then you tell me right now. Well, it, I think uh, it's twofold. I think one, I think they're giving Cooley all the chances. Um, I think what Cooley does well benefits Panarin in that Panarin is a perimeter player and Cooley is a guy who can help break you into the interior just or just create disruption, go to the net. Heedle's fast. Uh, I do. My only concern is that I know that Panarin likes to play pitch and catch and his Heedle is not really that type of player. And I don't think Cooley's really that type of player. So it'll be interesting to see what hap- how that, unless it's kind of a just experiment. But I think even more than that, I think Lafreniere just did not have it in the preseason on the right side. So that maybe they say, fuck it. We'll put him on the left. We'll put him with Vinny and Wheeler who have been a good combo together when they're on the ice. Trocek is the puck transporter on that line. Wheeler has impressed me. You know, he keeps it simple. And honestly, if there's one guy I want Lafreniere kind of watching, it is Wheeler. I mean, he's never going to be as big as Blake Wheeler, but in a lot of ways, he, he technically, you know, technically he should based on his draft status. If you look at, he should have more skill than a Blake Wheeler, but in terms of being a uh, a big, you know, a power winger who uses their body to kind of protect pucks and then make plays, that's kind of who Lafreniere should be modeling his game on of anyway, because he's not, he's clearly not a Kreider or a Zibanejad or a Panarin, right? So, you know, might not be the worst thing in the world. So I think there's just a few things. And yes, it might just be experimentation. Um, but yeah, I mean, well, I'm sure we'll see different lines this week at practice. But um, yeah, I think it just, I can definitely see the reasoning in both of those, keeping Cooley to play on the wing, you know, opposite Panera and a heel on the second line, and then Lafreniere back to his strong side on the left. Well, yeah, I, again, I mean, you talk about a kid who just like cracked the lineup. Now you're going to stick him on the, the second line with an $11.6 million player. I don't, I don't hate it. I just, this year, I, I kind of want Lafreniere. You got to force feed this kid minutes. You have to make or break him this year, and it can't be playing third line minutes, fourth line minutes. Like if that's where he belongs, he needs to be traded. There's no point in having him. I think he's too valuable of a trade piece right now to not ship him off if he's going to be stuck on the third line. Obviously, if he's got the ability to play right wing at a halfway decent level. Again, I, I think you just you force feed him. You just say, listen, we're not going to move you back to the left side. You're either going to play right wing on this team or your, your ass is going to Vancouver. Like, the choice is yours. And if you're going to sit here and pout, then you sit here and pout because you've had plenty of time to make yourself known around this league as a left winger, and you're, just, you're not cutting it. It's not even just positioning. It's just is, is his lack of energy – He's slow. He has, you know, the decision-making is off. And listen, he has spurts where you're like, all right, there it is. But, you know, you see it more often now, like from, from Kako, you know, we said the same thing, but at least Kako, there's a little bit more consistency. There's a little bit more confidence. You see him when he has possession of the puck, he looks like an NHL player. Lafreniere, it's just, there's just nothing there. And that's the concerning part. Um, but if, you know, again, if he starts this season off on the third line, I'm not, this had nothing to do against the coaching. It's just management then needs to look at him and be like, we need to find this kid a new home because it's just, there's no point in carrying this kid. It's a third line left winger. 
were overloaded on the left side. You can have Cooley go trade his ass and, you know, bring someone else that can play uh, the right side, you know, either if that's bring moving Blake Wheeler up, which is not ideal, but there's gotta be another answer. It just can't, it can't be Lafreniere on the third line. I can't, I can't do it. Andy mentally, physically makes me nauseous. I just, this is what I worried about going into this season and it's exactly happening. So, uh, yeah, not, not good. You know, is he injured? Do we know that if he's actually, yeah, he's injured? in a non-contact Jersey. So he clearly okay. got injured. You know what I mean? Um, I didn't know if it was like a broken heart or something. <laughs> Could be. I mean, well, I did listen, I take this with a grain of salt because this is just locker room talk. Yeah. But, uh, I did hear that, uh, from someone that works with the New York Rangers that uh, he does have a problem uh, going out and boozing it up and no problem drinking 30 beers a night uh, in the city. So I did hear that. I, I would say that just by looking at Lafreniere, I definitely get the sense that, and again, I'm not trying to character assassinate the kid. I definitely get the sense that he's an easygoing guy and, he yeah he he's kind of goofy and likes to have fun and you know I, yeah i definitely think and uh, you know it's funny it's a it's bef- prior to mika zabanjad getting traded from ottawa i think there was a lot of that talk about him like he was never in the shape the team wanted to and he had the dj thing going and there was some question about his commitment and it took him getting traded to the rangers as a wake-up call to like for him to like take it seriously and lo and behold he you know, he gets traded and he has his best summer ever for once. And then he, yeah. he started blossoming. So it's a shame if that happens to Lafreniere, it's going to might take that, but I'm hoping it doesn't. I'm hoping that, you know, it's, you have to hope at least in his mind, he doesn't already, the reason we're seeing him regress because like you said, there are flashes there and it's, but it's weird that the flashes get less and less when they should be getting more and more. It just, it could be a chance. He could, it literally he could just be like, it's just not going the way I want. And like, what's the point in fighting gravity at this point, you know? So, but you hope that's not the case. So, you know, I hope he can at least start to build for something on that line. If that's where he's going to play. I think it's smart to have him say, look, uh, he, you're, you're absolutely right. You need to basically force feed him minutes and give him a chance. Um, you know, but at the same time, it's like it's clear that just doing it on that side is just not it was not hurt. It's not helping him. So it's like, look, you're going to play third minutes, but it's not like Trocek and Wheeler are not going to play minutes. You know what I mean? These are well established NHL players who are very effective and they're going to get their playing time. So so are you. They're probably going to try to honestly roll the lines more evenly at this point. If you look at the construction of them, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because you want Trocek on the who's a gamer on the ice a I, lot, so I he's going to get a chance to play. So and he's going to be on power play too with Heedle, Kako, Miller, and I do think they are going to try to do more of an even split now. So yeah, and if, if power play one's not fucks up two uh, two of the, the three power plays on the Knights, they're going to start the second unit. You know what I mean? So well, um, yeah, go yeah, ahead. no, I, I'm. I'm glad they're doing that. I'm glad. I don't know why the devil. I mean, the devils might be getting credit for this, but they're, you know, talking about balancing two power play units instead of loading up the one. And I, I, I think people are just delusional. It's just that the devils are that good. They have two 
really good power play units. Like, I think that's just what it is, what it is. But there just seems to be a narrative now around the league that, you know, maybe we should balance the two power play units. Well, it's also, I think if you look at the Rangers, it's they've had the same personnel for so long, give or take one piece, like Ryan Strom getting turned into Vinny Trocek. Right. And at a certain point, it's like, all right, you under, it's not, it's different than like Alex Ovechkin, where he literally has a shot that you know it's coming, but you can't stop it. But with yeah. the Rangers, they're like, all right, yeah. So take away the one timer from Zabanajad on the left and uh, try to basically when Panarin gets it on the other side, you know, or at least when Panarin gets it on the other side, try to get your stick in front of or, or Fox is at, has at the point, try to get your stick in front of Kreider so he can't tip it. And that's it. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, well, it's like, you know, Panarin's just going to throw a blind pass to you backhand. Yeah. yeah. On his backhand or, you know, or it's going to get intercepted. Like that's the only two options. So, cover Mika and then let Panarin give us the puck and then we dump it. Like it's a, there's no reason why the Rangers ever score a power play goal, but yeah, it's, that's essentially, that's how you cover us. Hopefully, you know, Kako gets worked in and even Trocek, you know, hopefully, you know, those guys get more touches and stuff like that. Even a Blake Wheeler in front of the net, like a big body. Um, you never know what he can bring. Uh, but yeah, uh, you got anything else in terms of the X's and O's and the line combinations for the forwards? Uh, no, not really. You know, I, I, it's not those are not X's and O's, but I think an interesting to note is that the Rangers named their uh, their basically their leadership group for this season, and uh, they're going again. They're because for years they had the when they didn't have a captain, they had the the five A's. Well, now they're doing a, a captain and still doing five assistants that they're going to rotate on every given given night. Two of them will be wearing A's. You know what I mean? So uh, Truba's still captain, obviously. Zabanja still has an A. Kreider still has an A. Barkley Goodrow still has an A. Uh, Panarin, who had was given an A last year, still wears it. Uh, and Ryan Lindgren, or excuse me, uh, Adam Fox. Part, sorry. Uh, Adam Fox is an A. So, um, I mean, I think it's a... Probably, I think if you ask someone after Jacob Truba who will be the next captain of the New York Rangers, I think Adam Fox is probably the obvious choice. So I understand him getting an A. Uh, is there any notable omissions to you, James? Do you think, or anyone you think, why is this player have an A with this group, or does it all does this all look good to you? You tell me. What are your thoughts on the Rangers leadership group for uh, this year? Um. Well, my my thoughts is five is assistance is obviously just absurd, but my <laughs> yeah my thought process is I definitely agree with you with Fox. If you're going to give this, you know, if he's going to be your captain of the future, uh, you know, in the face of this team, you got to give him some sort of a. Uh, going down the line, uh, Barkley Goodrow, I can I kind of understand. Like I said. The, the, you know, just his experience and what he brings to this team. And you just saw him, how he played last year in the playoffs. I definitely think like, I know people don't like him for the amount of money. And I agree with that, but there is something about Barkley Goodrow that's comforting in this lineup and, you know, giving him an A, you know, it's kind of meaningful. 
you know, again, I'm not in the locker room, so I could be talking out of my ass, but there is something I will defend Barkley Goodrow only because he he's not a player that hurts us. Like how many times do you ever, you know, give up a goal and you're like, Oh, it's Goodrow again. Like it just doesn't happen. The guy definitely tries. He's not as good as people think he's supposed to be in terms of offensive production, uh, given the amount of money. But, you know, he was a guy that was supposed to come here, give us stability and experience. So I understand him getting the A. Uh, Kreider, obviously the most tenured Ranger. He deserves the A, you know, whether you like it or not. You know, he's a first liner, most tenured. Guy scored 50 goals a couple of years ago. It's just him having that is important. Mika is obviously Mika. I think he is the heartbeat, you know, of this, you know, New York Rangers offense. And, you know, again, you know, it's him having the A just makes sense. The last one, Artemi Panarin. Now, I have a theory, Andy, and I want you to say if you agree with it or disagree with it. I almost think Artemi Panarin having the A is almost like a uh, a challenge you know, to be more of a leader this year, you know, after his comments saying that, you know, he wouldn't want the captaincy and stuff like that. Do you find it important that, you know, Panarin has the A actually on his chest every night, just so, you know, not to say that he'll look down and be like, all right, I I have to step up here. But, you know, instead of being kind of a goofball and, and, and he kind of takes it more serious. And again, that like, I can be totally wrong about his approach to the game, but it does seem like it doesn't mean as much to him. You know, I think he's just happy being a hockey player. And I almost want him to take a little bit more pride and say, like, I'm a New York Ranger. I want to win here. Like, I want to win a Stanley Cup. I think he's a guy that is just a very appreciative that he can play professional hockey. But I don't know how much a Stanley Cup means to this guy. I really don't. Um. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't speak to that. I, I hope it means a lot to him. I, I mean, I really whole... can't speak to that either, but it's just kind of my theory. Yeah, I mean, you know, I do think he... It's... There is obviously, I think, the translation in the playoffs hasn't been there for him because obviously if you were just talking the regular season, Panarin is one of the best free agent signings poten- this team has potentially made ever. You know what I mean? Literally. Oh, without a doubt. But unfortunately, the 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 blemish so far on his tenure here has been his inability to be super effective in the playoffs. You know what I mean? So, um, but that being said, I mean, as far as him wearing an A, uh, yeah, I th- you know I do think because you know even a guy like Patrick Kane for a long time didn't really have an A until they gave it to him. You know what I mean? So it's just like. Right. I think everyone knows at this point, it's like, oh, you know, just let Panarin do his thing. And he, you know, he he contributes in this way. And, you know, he's not vocal enough. But I, you know, I do think that it was, a, I do think it's a bit of a, and again, this is not, it's not like this is the only season he's worn A. He wore one last year, right? And, and yeah. rotated it. But I do think in general, that was a bit of a, look, you're a, the biggest part of, you're potentially, you should be the biggest part of this team. Like, so whether you like it or not, this is what comes with it. So I, it, it always felt to me like a little bit of a challenge from management being like, you know what I mean? Like when you think it's not going your way, you need to look down and understand that like if it says the rest of this game, I'm not going to throw blind, 
passes on my backhand. I'm only just going to back check. Like, you know what I mean? That sort of shit. I think that's what they really thought. Uh, Whether or not he thinks of it like that, I can't speak to that. But I do think that's the reason they gave him the A. So, And listen, I liked how Panarin played in that last game. He looked like he was finally you know, cooking. So maybe he's like, maybe he is ready for the long haul. And he's like, yeah, I was dogging. It was fucking the preseason. And I, I, I watched, you know, Mika and two of the kids get hurt and I wasn't going to get hurt, but you know, maybe he does come out of the gate hot. So we, we shall see. Um, but yeah, I, I just thought it was interesting. Mostly the five A's thing now that they have a captain is a little absurd, but um, the Rangers love to be, to do that sort of shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> for whatever reason the they don't they when it comes they they're i've never seen a team that's more high on their own un, un, undeservedly high on their own supply than the new york rangers if that makes any sense <laughs> about like the prestige and the lineage and the history and you know whatever then it's like all right win a stanley cup and then do these things and maybe it will feel a little less uh, hollow you know absolutely um yeah i i Andy, I, I feel like unless you have a, a something else, I, 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 I'm, I'm happy where this podcast is is going here, uh, or, or has gone. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything else? Uh, no, I only have one more thing. If you're listening to this, uh, hockey is right around the bend. We have some crisp weather, and I, for one, cannot wait to uh, take the shorts off, put the pants on. Put, put on a sweater um, and I guess put on a jersey and head to the garden and catch a game. Although not for a while because they're just going to start their season on the road. But uh, yeah, it, it's finally fall. The regular season is days away. And uh, yeah, I cannot wait. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.